Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Football Tap. Um, I'm basically going to get into everything that that happened over the weekend before the Champions League. Um, I'm probably going to have a Champions League related episode later this week. Um, but for now, I just want to get into uh, the current uh, state of. Uh, obviously, there was no um, Premier League this week, so I won't be covering anything from there um, due to the, the passing of the Queen. The, the, all the matches were canceled. So it was uh, basically this week, um, Italy, Germany, Spain, and others, um, because England uh, Premier League did not uh, have games uh, this weekend. However, I am kind of going to start there because of a story that I I came across. Um, and I don't know if there's any substance to it. I'm not sure if there's any uh, somewhat, uh, if there's any truth to the matter um, at hand. Um, but obviously we know that what happened last week with uh, Thomas Tuchel getting sacked from Chelsea um, with Graham Potter being the, uh, the, the replacement. Um, being the replacement as he is, uh, he's going to be the new Chelsea manager. Tuchel uh, is, is unemployed at the moment. Um, Brighton, though, um, just lost their manager after a really, really great start to the season. Uh, you see what they have done in, in a couple weeks to start. They beat Man United. They, they, they put together some really great performances. I believe they're in the top couple uh, teams at the top of the pile, basically. Um, not top of the league, but I think they're in the top, uh, top four or five, which is really great considering um, Brighton and uh, where they are. Um, they are one of the most um entertaining uh teams in the Premier League and have been for a number of years. Last year they finished in the top ten, which was which was crazy. Prior to that, they they survived the season, but were still very entertaining while doing so. Um however this season just another great start. A team that looked like it could finish maybe in the top six to eight teams at the top of the Premier League. Um with with, with Graham Potter, what what he has been and continues to build um at the amx um stadium so brighton obviously uh lost some pieces um that's a great deal actually with uh basuma going to tottenham with cucarella going to chelsea um and with the the number of 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 absentees from the previous season with ben white going to arsenal etc cetera, etc cetera. um and i'm sure there's more than i'm that I'm missing. They also lost um, Magpie, uh, who went to, to Everton. So they've lost a lot of pieces. Graham Potter was doing a great job of building the squad that he has there. Um, Cosedo looks to be like a, a big, a big uh, uh, star there this season, and in, in all likelihood by next season he will not be there. Um, just given what the what we have seen from Brighton and how they they've. They handle um, their business. However, when you look at the situation, we're looking at a potential somebody who could come in and and do a job there, who could maybe not necessarily do the, do what Graham Potter did, but embrace uh, the culture that exists there. Um, Graham Potter built a culture at Brighton, and yes, the 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 players are going to perform for their new manager and things like that. But it's going to be very difficult to repeat that, uh, which is why they need to be very careful about who they appoint. 
the thing that's been discussed is uh, it, it does look like um, Adam Lalana will be a player manager or something like that um, for the time being. Um, it, it's unclear uh, what the severity of that. It does. It's unclear of who they are targeting for this position, um, but. You know, they're, 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 they're exploring some options. A name that I came across, and I don't know if there's substance to this at all, but the name I came across associated with this job is Roberto De Zerbi. Roberto De Zerbi, I think, fits the profile, but even though that might be the case, this is the type of job that we have seen him thrive under those circumstances in other situations, I don't, I think this is a bad idea. Um, and I don't know the severity of it. It does appear that they're going to hold talks with him sometimes this weekend. It's been reported that he is one of the candidates um, that Brighton are currently looking at for this job. I could be wrong, but I think this particular job is one um, that does not suit Roberto Zerbi, And I don't think he would be set up for success in the Premier League. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't succeed in the Premier League, but with Brighton, I'm not I'm not convinced that this is this is the right move for him or for the club. Cuz you have to think of what Grand Potter did, the culture he created. All of it together makes this a a difficult job for someone coming in from a different country, a foreign manager coming into the Premier League and doing successful. Now Brighton is in a good position. Deserby has has done well with similar situations uh, in the past. Obviously, uh, the three years that he spent at Sassuolo, uh, they finished, or the couple of years, I don't know how many it was, they finished in the top 10, I believe, every season he was there. The the uh, the season at Benevento wasn't wasn't great. Um, only won 20% of his games there. But but what he built with um what he had to his disposal, um with Raspadori, with with Berardi, with uh, with Jermaine Boga, you know, you look at all the players that that have thrived under him. It's it, he's got a great resume. He's done well with that team, and and he created his own culture in uh, in Sassuolo. Um, even though they never made any European competition or anything like that, a team like that finishing repeatedly in the top ten was was great. I think off the top of my head, I think it's it was he's finished eleventh. 10th and 9th and then there, there might and there was one year I think he may have finished 7th or 8th but he he did really he did a really good job of building to swallow to that team and and they're not the same since he's left he, he's he's an elite manager that has the capabilities to be taking a team like this to great heights now the reason I don't see this as a possibility uh at Brighton is because Remember, Brighton is is constructed um, by the culture that has been created um, throughout the team and what they've built there. You want someone to come in here and kind of do the same thing. Um, you know, he, look, they, they've already started well, so it's not as difficult as it was for Graham Potter initially, but I think the right type of manager needs to come in here and do that. And I don't know the answer to the question of what – uh, which manager that is, um, and Deserby is capable of doing a job in the Premier League. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like he's not good enough to take a team like this in the Premier League and to elevate them. 
The problem is, um, and obviously last year he did well with the Ukraine in the whatever uh, eighteen league games he played with them. Um, obviously the, the 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 league was disrupted because of when uh, when Russia invaded, but um, at the time he was sitting top of the league. He did not do that well in the Champions League, but did manage to get eight points against Inter Milan. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a very, um, interesting, um, scenario that he finds himself and he's unemployed at the moment. He's a coach that wants to get back into, wants to do his thing, wants to find a club that he can, he can build like he did with the Swallow. Uh, and the reason I don't see Brighton as the answer to that question is primarily because of he does, he's Italian speak. He's not an English speaker. Um, and I'm not saying you can't, you can't have success, um, as a foreign manager. Um, I think it's very, I think, I think, I think that has nothing to do with it, but with this situation coming into the Premier league, um, I, I think being, trying to learn the language and, and he might speak at some level, but I think, uh, Graham Potter coming in there and doing what he does, I think it's it's more difficult for an Italian manager to come in where, he, you know, English is not his first language. It's probably not a language he completely understands. And for him to come in and continue to build on it. Um, and the reason I, I say that is because it's culture. Now, he is he's a culture creator, but in a very different form. And in, in, in Syria, he created a culture but having to create the culture that's already there and 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 develop it and continue to 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 keep what what um Grand Potter did and, and take it to another level, I think is very difficult. So I hope he gets a job soon. I think he he deserves to have another opportunity. Um, I think there there are countless jobs in Italy and England that will open up um, for him potentially being um, shoveled into into a management. But um for this particular job, I think. Um, it's probably not um, an ideal situation for him. And I, I think this would not be a good idea because he's coming into a season mid season. He's not going to have a transfer window. He doesn't speak the language very well. So you look at all the things that, that go in his, his corner as far as building something, but having to do this in this, in the, in England, in the Premier League, in a league, he, he hasn't played coaching yet in a league. He hasn't uh, doesn't know the language at all as well, so it, it's it's difficult. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying he, I obviously I'd hope for him to have success if he if he makes the move, but I think for him as a per personally, I I don't think this is the move that makes sense for him. Now, if something happens with one of the other teams like West Ham, I think that would be a great situation for him. But I think because of the way Brighton has built themselves over the last couple of years under Potter, that I I just. I don't think I'm going for for I guess similar profile in terms of being able to build up a team, but but I, I think because of this lack of understanding of, of English and his inexperience in the Premier League, I think it's too much of a risk for Brighton to take on. And even though he could do well, I would resist that just because um I I don't think it it necessarily fits um what Brighton want to do. Um and so on. So I think I think Brighton will find a good solution for to the issue. But I, you know, and even though Deserve is an, an outstanding coach, I don't think this is the job for him personally. But obviously, if he if he gets the job, I hope him well. And I I hope to be wrong. But 
based on what I know about Deserby and based on what I know about Brighton, I just don't think it's it's a, it's a marriage that's going to fit with each other. Um, all right, now regarding the picture behind me, this was a match between Salentiana and Juventus in Turin. Um, there's been a lot of drama, controversy, and a lot of 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 screaming for VAR stuff and and basically there's there's just a huge cloud of criticism surrounding this game for multiple reasons. Um, this is a fight that broke out after uh, um, after a goal at the very end of the game, um, in which many players got sent off. Um, it was just it was as they say in England. It was just all kicking off at the end. Um, and Juventus are screaming outrage. They are screaming in every which way they feel a lot of them feel that they, um, that is, it's an, uh, an injustice against Juventus, considering how everything went, how with the VAR, with the other things that they kind of transpired at the end, they feel like they have been, they have been robbed of potential points, of potentially three points. Um, and uh, on one hand, <clears throat> Juventus do have a point in a certain sense, but they're not the only team that should be outraged by the situation, as there are certain events that went in their favor that makes everything that happened in this picture irrelevant. The VAR review doesn't matter. The everything else that kind of led up to this moment is irrelevant because Juventus benefited from a situation that went against Salentiana in a way that changed the outcome of the game. If it is called correctly initially, this doesn't matter because Juventus probably lose the game. So instead of Juventus, they feel like they get robbed of um, a big point of three points. There be they should be grateful for the one point they got. Now, if you ask real, keep it real, Juventus fans, they know they did not deserve to win this game. They know it. And you can say, oh, the VAR at the end should have counted. But again, there was benefit, there's things that went into their benefit that would have alleviated that from happening. Now, everything that happens here and beyond would have not been relevant if the game was called correctly um, before Juventus started firing and coming back. Now, for those of you that, that don't know what I'm talking about, Juventus were given a penalty um, fairly late in the game um, uh, when Juan Cordardo got into, uh, went into the box and, and, um, and was tripped up. Now, Baducci scores that penalty to make it 2-2. Two, two, two. So it, it levels the game. The problem is, in the lead-up to the penalty being called, Antonio Condreva is fouled. Uh, he's he's kind of hit in the head as, as he falls down. The referee does not acknowledge it. He ignores the, the obvious call there. No VAR, no nothing. Juventus go and get a penalty. They equalize from the spot when Bonucci beats uh, Luigi Giuseppe. Now, if you really want to look at this, that should have been a a a free kick for the for Salentiana in that situation from outside the box. You look at what happened there. You look at all of it. Antonio Condreva is fouled. 
So regardless of how you want to look at this situation, if it is called a free kick instead of a penalty, if they acknowledge him being fouled, it's a free kick in the other direction. Now, theoretically, sure, they could have, Juventus still could have come back and, and gotten something. But the potential winner, never, it wouldn't have mattered. The penalty doesn't happen if that is called correctly. This was a crazy game from all aspects. There's a lot of controversy and outrage surrounding it from both sides. Uh, but, it, you know, it, 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 it was a truly a spectacle. Um, Salentiana actually took a two-goal lead in Turin. An early uh, strike. Um, the Seahorses put together an incredible play. Um, with with Antonio Condreva getting on the end of it in the in the opening uh, twenty minutes or whatever it was, um, Juventus build on that and try to get back in the game, and then uh, they they uh, Salentiano wins a penalty, Christoph Piontek beats the keeper as they take they take a two goal lead going into the second half. <clears throat> they do get back into this. Juventus get back with. With a thunderous header from from Bremer, but but it is and and there, there's I mean, Juventus are really kind of pushing into the dangerous areas. They really did look like a stronger team in that second half. Max Allegri didn't have anything to do with it really, but but they his team got it got him got themselves in a better position, which they needed. They had drawn three of their last four games. Um, for Juventus, for a team that's supposed, supposedly supposed to be challenging for the league, they have not done so. They've not looked good in very many, a lot of their games because Allegri and the impact, the negative impact he has on this team. Players don't go to Juventus and get better under Allegri. They a lot of players digress under Allegri's um, um, leadership and management. Now, there's a lot to say about this game and how it ended, um, but you, Salentino, without question, deserved at least something from this game. Juventus does get back in the game. They win the penalty, but the penalty doesn't even matter at that point because Condreva is fouled, which means the penalty should not have even happened. Yes, it was a penalty, but if you would have called a foul before the penalty occurs, then the penalty is is waved off. Salentina have the ball. Maybe Juventus still get a still get a goal back, um, but they eventually they eventually, you know, it's. The penalty was taken in the 93rd minute in stoppage time. So it's po- it's very likely, actually, that if the penalty is not given, if that is called, if 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 that situation is is done correctly, that Salentiano win the game with three points, winning at Juventus. Now everything kicks off at the end. What I mean by that is. Um, Milik scores a goal at the end that supposedly win it. Two supposedly win. Um, he was already on a yellow card. He takes his shirt off as he thinks he's, he's scoring the winner. He gets a red card. Um, Fazio and Corrado get into a scuffle from both teams. Really aggressive. It was a big scuffle. They were fighting. You, you can see from behind me um uh, the picture doesn't show that much of it but but if you look at the end where you see corrado right there and fazio it looked like they were going to punch each other 
It looked like they were they were infuriated with each whatever. There was a big scuffle. The referee needed to check the VAR. He had to he had to spend time getting in the middle and separating the teams from going at each other's throats. Then the video review happens. The goal. So hold on. Before that happens, Legri gets a red card. Fazio gets a red card. Corrado gets a red card. And then obviously Milik gets a red card uh, for from before. So four players sent off in a in 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 a very short sequence. Then the video review goes. The referee uh, calls it off. Juventus are outraged, et cetera, et cetera. Talentine end up getting a point. It's a two-two draw, and Juventus, you know, get a point. Salentiana get a point. Problem with the complaint from Juventus fans is, like I said, the penalty does not happen if it is if if it is called correctly. Kondreva is fouled. There's no doubt about that. He is definitely fouled. It was just simply ignored. It was simply ignored, and then Juventus won a penalty. If that doesn't happen. Juventus probably lose the game. But as a Juventus fan, you cannot sit up here and say, oh, we were robbed. We should be outraged. We this, we that. You can't complain about the result. Number one, because you didn't deserve the points. That's fair. And number two, because you, yes, that goal probably was onside. However, again, it it all goes back to Contreras foul. He is foul before the penalty. You know what that means? That means the penalty does not happen. That means Milik's goal would have only been the equalizer. So as much as Juventus wants to be fuming about what occurred, they cannot complain. They cannot sit up and complain because they benefited from the referee ignoring a clear foul on Antonio Condreva. Now, from a just a neutral standpoint, this was glorious to watch. One of the most exciting Italian football weeks that we have had this season it was it was end to end it was exciting silent tiana nearly nearly relegated last year survived last day of the season coming to this season uh they're they're doing pretty well they've only won one game but they're getting points they're getting a lot of draws which is keeping them from the bottom from the drop zone so for them coming into turin now turin used to be this toxic wasteland where teams go and they just lose now Roma used to lose always could couldn't get points from there. Juventus, I'm sorry, not Juventus. The Milan team struggled. You know, so so Napoli struggled. Everyone struggled to get points at, in their house. That's not the case anymore. Many of the top teams in this league are capable of going there and getting points. But Salentiana going there and getting points is a whole different thing. I think that's it's going to be a, a this the last Sunday is going to be a a moment and a a it's something that they're going to remember for a long time because this is a historic point they went into Turin, it took a two goal lead and still ended up with a point i think that's a tremendous that's tremendous from from salentiana who who should feel happy about it they should have got three points but that should they'll, they should be so grateful for it for the, the, the points that the point that they got, which is great, a big point at Juventus. That's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, for Juventus, obviously, I think they should really be directed at their at their performance. Their performance wasn't good enough. They didn't deserve to win this game. Regardless of the controversy, they've not been good enough against Allegri. And I think that's something that that screams through when you watch this game. But I, I you know, 
from a neutral perspective, it was it was absolutely glorious to watch as as um you know, I, I think it was just a tremendous game. It, it had everything. It had drama, it had red cards, it had, it had penalties, it had controversy, it had it had um a it was a true classic in, in the in in the way it happened. And um yes, the controversy, the the the, the fight, the red cards, all of it. But you wrapped it all in one. It was it was still, regardless of what you think about it, was a truly terrific um, a game um, a match between between a, a between a team that's supposed to be challenging and a team that's their goal of the season is to survive the campaign. And and I thought the, the match was terrific, regardless of how you feel about the way it ended. All right, I mean it was it was quite a dramatic uh, match uh, as well, but. Um, rest of the weekend in Italian football. So, um, Inter, AC Milan, and Napoli all tested this weekend. Um, Inter wins at the death um, uh, with with uh, Marcelo Brozovic scoring a winner. Um, I thought that was a great game. Torino played played really well. They're always going to be a tough side. Um, but um, I thought Inter played well, played pretty well, but it was it was a a, a tense affair with the two teams that either one could have won this game. I thought they they both teams had their moments and uh, obviously Inter get there in the end, uh, but I think Torino really gave them a tough test. Um, Inter... Inter have already lost two games this season. Um, they nearly dropped more points here. Um, Lukaku's been out for a while. Uh, like I said before, it does seem like Wataru or bust. Uh, it's it, it's really hard to 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 look at this team and and not see see that it's 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 he's performing pretty much consistently, even though he misses chances occasionally. Brozovic is actually playing pretty well too. Um, but overall, as the team, the team isn't. They're not hitting stride as much as they should. And in theory, they have the best team on paper, but in actuality, um, they're not showing it in, in in the way you would expect. Inter have the best team on paper, top to bottom. They're better than Milan. They're better than Juventus. They're better than Roma. They're better than Napoli. They're better than all of those teams. The problem is they're not playing like they are. Last season, it was inexcusable for them not to win the league. This season, they they went in as favorites. They should be favorites, and they've already lost twice. That's a tough. That's a tough pull to take. And if they're really truly going to 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 fulfill their expectations, they need to be playing a lot better. Torino's a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they they, they can't. I don't think they, they can be waiting until the last possible moment to, to score and win games. They were outplayed, they were outplayed um, and, and embarrassing. I don't know if embarrassing, but they were spun inside out by Bayern Munich. Um, they're going to have Barcelona and Pilsen next in the Champions League. They need to start playing better. They haven't, they haven't really looked that great ever. Because remember, I keep bringing this up, but opening game of the season against Lecce, it took them until the 96th minute to get a winner. So, when you look at the qualities um, that they possess in their team, we're not seeing the product of that on the pitch. Um, while Lutaro looks good, pretty, pretty, pretty um, regularly, 
Um, and Ambrozovic and there's a few others who have been performing well. As a team, we're not seeing the best, and it, it took them all the way to the end to, to, to get another winner at the end. But but they get the points, so they're, they're still pushing up the table. But this is just not the, the, the type of season that we expected from Inter this early. Um, they should be handling their business much more precisely than they actually are. And yeah, Inter come up uh, big, and they 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 managed to 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 grab to grab the points, which is important. Also, um, they are winning their Champions League game. Uh, Edin Dzeko strike twenty minutes in against Victoria Pilsen, a team that Barcelona put five past, um, and a team that Bayern Munich will probably put seven past. Um, so, but again, it's it's a lot closer than it should be. Um, I'm just unconvinced by this Inter Milan team at this very moment because I I do think uh, they have the team though it's it's complicated because they have the team they have the depth they have a lot of incredibly good pieces together they have one of the best players in the league one of the best center backs in the league one of the best midfielders in the league two of the best midfielders so it's just like there's so much quality in this Inter side and we're not seeing it on a great scale we need to see them perform. They have the team. Now that we need to actually see them perform with the team that they have. And it's just, it's just not happening for um for Inter at the moment. And, and it's it's a difficult situation to kind of get your head wrapped around because of how good they actually are. And they're not playing to their to their standard. And and I still haven't seen them play a great game of football. They've gotten results, which is good, but they need to to, to they need to make a statement that they are capable of winning this league. And it doesn't it doesn't really look like it at the moment, but I can't say that anybody else really looks like they look like they're a team that's capable of winning the league either. So it's complicated. They get the points at the end there with um with Brozovic getting the winner, but it's it's not been um it's there's still a, plenty of concerns and they need to start playing more collective as a as a unit, as a team. And until they do that, um I think uh yeah, and I I don't think they're, they're platforming themselves in the way where we expected them to. They got the squad already, and now they just need to perform, and they haven't been doing that. Getting results is great, and I hope they continue to do so, but they're not performing, and they need to start performing because you can't get by picking up points and not playing well for the whole season. They're, not, they're going to need to put together a convincing performance eventually. And the pathway, their their next couple of games aren't the easiest. So they got Roma uh, at the beginning of October, and they got a couple of games that will test them um, before that. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how things develop. But I wasn't overly – I thought they played well, to be fair, against Torino, just not well enough for a team that says – because when you're watching the game, it didn't come – it didn't it didn't register like, oh, this team is dominant. This team is the best team in the league. It, they, they've not been playing like it until they need to start playing like it. I don't think we can look at them as favorites, at least for the moment. Now, that could change with a matter of time, but but they can't be look, perceived in that way, at least uh, right now. They're not the only ones that had some late drama. Um, we look at AC Milan. A tough victory against a tough, a tough one against uh, Sampdoria. They really tested them. Um, they really showed uh, 
some significant um um not vulnerability but but Sam Sam Dory gave them way too much trouble than they should have. Um obviously uh Junior Messias um ends up scoring early. Then uh uh Raphael Liao gets sent out for a kick in the head, um, which is the right decision. Um uh, and then on top of that, they go and um and Sam Dory get back in the game and uh, obviously uh penalty is given to Ace Milan at the end with I think about 15 minutes to go. And and uh, Olivier Giroud scores. Now, again, it's the same issue from before um, with AC Milan. Is I said last year, this is the worst team to win the league in a decade. I still stand by that. You look at the team, they got some quality in it, sure. Rafael Liao has literally played a great season one year in Milan. It was last year, and that's it, uh, where he was given the player of the year, which I think was ridiculous. But But – he wins the player of the season the year before that. He was coming on, but hadn't really shown consistency. Um, Raphael uh, Liao um, is a top player. Just don't get me wrong, but he hasn't really done it for long enough. Uh, you look at the attacking options, Zlatan, Olivier Giroud, and um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Sorry. Zlatan, sorry. Zlatan, Olivier Giroud, and... Uh, and Origi. Um, now, Charles, the, the 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 signing from Club Bruges, is an attacking midfielder that is capable of playing up front. It does seem that he's not going to play up front, which leaves them a gap. They don't have a player inside the, the, the attacking constellation in the strike position that is capable of scoring 15 or 20 goals. And I think that is going to be a major problem. They have to find a way to deal with that situation. And it does seem Charles is going to stay in the midfield. They brought some more midfields. The midfield looks stronger. The attack, even though it's doing well enough, I think they made a mistake not trying to get a striker that can give them 15 to 20. Um, I don't know who that is, but but they they needed to to do more than what they did. They end up winning, but against a Sampdoria side, that does look like they're going to struggle this season. They They... They hung around for far too long, and a lack of discipline from Sampdoria is a big reason why um, Milan ended up winning. Um, in the end, though, I do think AC Milan has more trouble has is has more problems um, than people want to admit right now. Um, now, I'm not saying they have more or less problems with Inter Milan. They are leading the league. They are still doing well but they're not playing convincing football. They're not playing as a team that anybody should really be afraid of. These guys are defending champions and they're not playing like it. Um, they won the league last year and it was an incredible story and everything that they have done. But I don't know. There's, there's just something missing. And it's that, it's that guy up top and getting 15. Now, can you get 15 from Brevik? Uh, Zlatan, um Giroud Origi together sure but the, the difference between them and a lot of the other teams at the top is they have a striker who can get them 15. Some teams have two of them so I, I really think in the long run when when the pressure gets on they're going to need to perform and from what I've seen so far they they're getting points but they're not performing 
to the, the standard that we expect, just like Inter. They're, as a defending champion, you should be making statements. You should, you should be wanting to hold on to that crown as long as you possibly can. And I, I just, I'm, I just don't see that that's happening. Um, at, at least at the moment, it, it, you know, it's again, there's issues with all these teams. Um, but AC Milan does have it does have quality. They're, they're strong uh, in in goal. They're strong in defense. They're they're very good midfielder and they're good good enough in attack. Um, but I don't think they have a type of team that is going to put the fear into their opposition. I don't think um, they are putting themselves in that position um, frequently enough where they they just look like champions. They haven't looked like champions this season. They've been cut open a little too easily. They've, yeah, they, they, they've got work to do. Um, but that, but that goes for everyone. All right. Um, Napoli again, very consistent um, team this season. They can, they look great one week and then they're just being clotheslined by Sam Dora. It's not Sam Dora. Um, Fiorentina and Lecce. Um, they ripped the head off Liverpool last week of, at home, a huge, hugely important and vital victory for them. They humiliated them with a 4-1 victory. Um, the Georgian kid is just uh, special stuff. Now, obviously, Victor Olsen is 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 one healthy is is a um, is a monster. But the thing with Napoli is he's not healthy now. He's just coming off an injury. He's always getting hurt, and that is the problem with this Napoli team and they are top of the league. Okay. But they're not, again, this is another team that, that has individual brilliance from several players. I'm playing has played well as a team at times. Spalletti knows what he's doing and he's building something there. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that part of it. Um, but they're, they're just, they can't like their, 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 their peak is exceptional. But they play like they play up here, and then the next week they're down here. Um, and this week they they ended up winning the game. Raspadori, boom, chakalaka wins wins it at the death. But literally in, in the last couple of minutes, against a team like Spezia, they should be brushing them aside with no problem. And this is the this is the issue. Napoli plays like like exceptionally well against Verona, against Monza. Um, they played really well against Liverpool. Um, there's been a few games where they've they've been excellent. They were good against Lazio, which was which was a huge test. Um, and then they can just drop off the earth against Fiorentina, Lecce, and, and Spezia. These are teams they should be handling easier. Um, so it's 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 a complicated one because they're just this is my only issue with Napoli is they're so inconsistent. They play like this one week and then the next week they look a completely different team. Um, there's a lot of teams that are inconsistent in this league, but Napoli, if they really want to go for the crown, they need to be consistent, and they haven't been. Grasbador um, gets the one against Spezia. That's good three points. Um, let's see how they do uh, this week um, against uh, either Rangers or Ajax. Uh, I don't remember who they play. I've got to ch- I've got to check real quick who Napoli um, who uh, Napoli plays in the Champions League. Um, uh, let's see. Um, do they not play this week? I don't know. They play Rangers tomorrow. 
in Ibrox. Um, and then following that, they have a game against AC Milan. So it's uh, that's a tough one. And that will be a real test for both of those teams because even though they're both getting points, the two of them are not showing – so AC Milan aren't showing their capabilities, are not playing like a defending champion. And Napoli is looking like a team that plays who's at the best is amazing, but but doesn't have the consistency nearly enough. So you look at all those things, it's going to be really interesting how those guys match up, but they do get the winner at the end, and and that's all we can ask for. All right, I'm just going to run through this a little bit here. Um, Bologna finally wins. Um, they just sacked Mihailovic, which they should have done a while ago. Um, and I think emotionally, because he's batting leukemia, and he's such a warrior, as an incredible human being, I think they they decided not to. When you have guys like Marco Arnautovic, Musa Baro, uh, Orsolini, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dominguez, um, Nicholas Dominguez, um, Sanson, um, Shukowski, um, and then they lost. They had last year, they had Aaron Hickey and Matthias Fondberg, both who left for, for shorter, um, for low, sorry, for, for cheap prices. So, you know, you look at all those things, and, and this is a team that should be should be really challenging um, for the top 10 uh, and they, and they failed to do so. Uh, and I think because the manager hasn't really proven to get the best out of the players. However, they did win this week um, after his sacking Mark Arnautovich, I mean, it's the top scorer in Syria this season, which is crazy with five goals. Um, remember he almost went to Man United. So pretty, that's pretty intense. Um, I think he's gonna he's gonna have a good he can continue to have a good season because he's gonna get all the penalties and he's gonna score most of their goals. Um, they have other pieces that are also very effective, but I think a new coach that comes in um, and I think it was I forgot who it was. I think uh, it was announced. It was it was somebody who's who's been in the league before though, um, a former player. Um, but they they win. That's 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 uh, hugely important. Um, because they hadn't uh, picked up a a victory yet this season. Um, um, let's see what else. Uh, Udinese wins again. They currently sit in fourth. Um, they are a, a team that um, that will challenge for Europa League or champ. Uh, not champ. Probably not Champions League, but will challenge for a Europa League spot and or a conference league spot. I do think they're going to be in Europe. I think what they what he what they've done with the new with the coach that's there and the way they built their team, even losing guys like Molina, who went through Atletico Madrid, I think they're building an incredible culture that's that is sustainable. They look like a very different team under him. They look like a a side that's that's tough evil to play against and uh are, are they're going to give some some big team serious trouble um remember they they put four past roma i think at home so we take everything into account and what they've what they've managed to do um with this team 
and this season, um, it's been tremendous because they they have lost some pieces, but still managed to 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 be a very good team. They're difficult. They're difficult to deal with. You got that the kid at back, Destiny Oluji, who's going to Spurs next year, but has really performed well for. For you and say, I think they're they're going to be tough. They're going to be a team that surprises everyone, kind of like Fiorentina last year. Whether they can go a little further than Fiorentina did last year, um, it's uh, it's uh, it's yet to be seen. But they have what it takes to really um, make that next step and go to a next level. Um, all right, I'm I'm gonna let's see. Fiorentina speaking of them, they're in trouble. Only one win on the season. They have the team, they have the, the squad, they have the players, they have last year's manager of the season. I think they look um they don't look like themselves. And they they it does look like they're gonna ha- they're gonna struggle for a while. Um I don't quite get it. I think they should um I think that they'll find their groove eventually. But if you look at uh the league right now, 11th, 11th, 11th. One point, uh, this uh, sorry, one win this season. Simply uh, put, it's just um, it's just not good enough. And um, especially this is a team that potentially I thought could could have been a threat for the top five, especially with the uh, with the addition of Luka Jovic. But I, I do think he's going to hit the ground running eventually. I, I I don't think it's time to panic yet. It has not gone well. I think they will find their groove and start climbing the table, but certainly at this moment, they're um, they've not done nearly well enough. All right. Um, so last night on Monday, Roma took on Empoli away from home. Remember, Roma had lost big against Udinese last weekend, a, a, a embarrassing and shambolic performance. I had said at the time that it was a blessing, and not blessing in disguise, but I had said that it was something that needed to happen. I thought we were going to get a reaction from Roma against uh, uh, Lucarets in Bulgaria. They ended up playing much better, a great performance, but could not finish their chances. And it ended up costing them with with uh, the Hung- Bulgarian sides finding a way um, to the points, um, getting uh, getting two goals um, on three shots, um, and it's it's like when they were they were going into that they needed that reaction they didn't get it, um, which put a lot of pressure on Roma to deliver. Um, in uh, in the game uh, on Monday um, against Empoli, Empoli, I think they have four straight draws coming into the game. They're difficult to play at home. They don't go away. Uh, last year, uh, Roma had a four goal first half, and Empoli got two goals in the second half. Even though they lost, they don't they don't go down without a fight. Um, and that's exactly what we expected from them. Um, um, going into this game, Roman needed to get this result because they played uh, Alanza next weekend before international break, and they can't, they could not go into that game with another poor performance or another loss or whatever the case may be. They needed maximum points. Even a draw would have been a bad result. So, you know, so it was important for Roma to really kind of put their foot right. Um, it was a tough match. Uh, you know, it was really tough. Uh, but Roma get there in the end. You see um, Paolo Dybala 
um, getting on the score sheet again with a wonderful strike from outside the box. Uh, Empoli find a way back into it, believe it or not. With an outstanding cross and header um, to get themselves back into it. It's it's difficult. And Roma pressing and pushing for that for that goal uh to, to put to spread to put them apart from from the opposition. Um and Empoli continue to fight back and fight back and, and it was it was a battle. And and Empoli had the bulk of the ball. Um Roma took advantage of their opportunities eventually though with um Dybala picking out a pass for Tammy Abraham who who puts it away. Swung again that connection has been very good this season. Um and then um and then obviously um uh, Empoli get a, a red card for sending off, and uh, Roma get a penalty. Pellegrini misses uh, hit the post, unfortunately. Um, but Roma hold on in a very tough, ugly victory in a difficult environment to play. I think Empoli, even though technically they're struggling at the moment, uh, I think this is a team that eventually is going to turn it on and, and really uh, show show that they can survive. They will be in a scrap for the bottom. There's no doubt about in my mind that, that they will, they, not to say they won't get relegated, but they'll be, they'll be, they'll be in a situation at the bottom of the table, having to survive the season. But I think that considering their qualities and what they have and the way they play as a team, I think that there's, there's a very good chance that they, um that they survive the season. And, Maybe if they get if they start getting things going, because still only one win on the season, they could potentially um, go forward, push push for that for that spot, and um, create separation from uh, from the bottom of the table and themselves. Um, but this performance is really about Roma, really kind of um, showing that that yes, it's a work in progress. Yes, they 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 were in a slump, but they can get out of it. And Mourinho. Marino and Roma get away through the ball and, and Abraham in there again. And obviously Zaniola will be back um, for the game on Thursday against Helsinki. Potentially he'll be back. He'll, he'll be starting the game at Atlanta. I would, I would not start Zaniola against Helsinki. I think you, you kind of go with a similar setup that, that, that we saw um, against Lucarets against Helsinki. And then, and then you could start, um, you can start um, Zaniolo in the game against Atlanta. Atlanta, by the way, Atlanta dropped points. So Roma go into that game with extremely high spirits um, uh, and, and so on. And on the other, on the, on the flip side, uh, Atlanta are not demoralized, but they, they're, it's their first real hiccup of the season. And I think with these two teams crashing, uh, a crash course together. It's going to be a great match, and I think we'll learn a lot about what Roma are capable of based on how they perform against Atlanta. They got through the Juventus test um, fairly fairly well. Um, they left it late, but they were able to get a point from that. If they can get three against Atlanta, I think it it puts it puts the it put it puts Mourinho's Roma in a totally different space. Right now, we don't know what what this Roma team is. We don't know if they're title challengers. We don't know if they're Champions League uh, challengers. We don't know if this is a team that can win multiple trophies, um, Copa Italia, Europa League. There's so much. There's so much from this that we are unaware of because we it's this team is very new and we haven't seen enough 
from the team to really uh, make a, a statement on what they're going to be. If, uh, if we go against Alonta at home and, and batter them, I think it, it, it sends a message because Alonta has been one of the teams this season that's been impressive. Pr- practically the entire, this, the entire, um, the entire length of the season. And I think, um, you know, I think that's a great thing. And, and, you know, with, with the league as open as it is, you just never know what we can see from it. But I think Alonso's the performance on uh, on Monday was terrific. I thought it was a tough, tough fought victory, and that's exactly what Roman needed. The mentality of the team is is getting stronger by each week, and they they needed to get a result after what happened in Bulgaria, and then what happened at home against Udinese. Um, and and I think they got it. They got the reaction they're getting. They played well. They took advantage when they needed to. They won. They they managed to get the, the winner in the end. And I think it was an emotional and physical test on this team. And I think this is only going to help them further with the game in and at home against uh, Helsinki, and then going uh, at home against uh, I believe is at home against Atlanta. Um, and then what we see from this is if we win convincingly in in Finland, and then we win convincingly at home against Alonso. I think it's because this is a team that could challenge for the league. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't think it's happening this year because I think they're still a year away from, from really getting into their potential, but there, there is, there's definitely a possibility that could put pressure on who wins it. And with it as wide open as it is, I think there's, there's a good chance that they could win it. So uh, not win it, but they, that they could, they could do something in, improbable. Um, the reason it's so wide open, though, um, real quickly, is because nobody, no one has been great to, to be, to be, I don't know how to say this nicely. We've all kind of been crap. Um, Inter, Napoli, Juventus, Roma, Lazio, etc. The mo- the majority of this team, of, of our teams here, have not played to potential. We've, the reason it's so wide open is none of us are really performing at a high level. And there's still time for that. It's early in the season, but it's, it's difficult to, it's wide open because of the lack of quality. We need to see an improvement in that area in, in every feasible way. Um, the reason it's open is because the quality has not been good enough. The teams aren't good enough yet. Now I think by, by the world cup, we're going to have, we're going to, we're going to show more qualities. But at the moment, the reason so wide open is because there is a lack of quality in the teams. It's not that we're all great. It's we're all just as bad as each other. Or you can say as good as, as each other. There's, But it's it's open because of the, the we haven't really seen any great performances from the teams in this league. And um, that certainly will change. But the reason it's, it's such an open race is because to, – <laughs> To be honest, all of us are kind of crap right now. We're all we're all trying to figure ourselves out. And once everything, once the teams figure out who they are and what they do and and how they're going to play and how they're going to attack and all these other things, I think it's it. We can uh, we can essentially see a a team that um yeah we're we're going to see a, a collection of teams that are going to improve and get better and we'll. we'll We'll see a, a fuller picture of what we are, but at the moment we've all we're all struggling in, in one way or another, whether it's consistency, whether it's lack of investment, 
whether it's um, a lack of a striker, whether it's lack of defense, whether it's this, that, or the other thing. We're all struggling in our own way at the moment, and it's going to take some time. Um, this this week was great. Everyone, a lot of teams performed really well, and it was very exciting football. Um, and it, I think it only takes one or two victories to turn that around to to go from no one's playing well to like okay, we're we're picking up momentum now and and doing some truly incredible things, um, and so on and so forth. But but I I really do think that the, the reason that it seems wide open is because none of us are performing to our potential. None of us are showing to be a threat. It seems like nobody wants to win the league right now. Now it's early in the season. There's time for that to change. But right now in Syria, it's been great. It's been, it's, it's this last weekend, the last few weeks have, have been a little a dodgy, but it's still very competitive. There's it's, it's wide open. The points are, are very similar, um, but no one's putting their best foot forward yet. And I do think with time and with some bigger matches, we'll see that in a much, at, at, sorry, at a much larger scale. But currently in this moment, the reason it is so wide open is because none of us have really figured out who we are. And, um, and we, haven't put the, we haven't shown the quality that we all know that these teams are capable of. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see how that um, uh, un uh, unveils. Um, unfolds for the next couple of weeks. I do think teams will start to improve better. Um, and, and a couple a couple big results against big teams and the way teams are playing will change and, and we'll start to pick up some momentum and, and really show the qualities that all of these teams have. But we haven't shown it as of yet. Um, it is wide open, but it's, it's wide open for the wrong reasons. A lot of people aren't going to say that. Um, they're going to try to put this down as, Oh, the league is so competitive because it's so great. It has not been great so far. This last weekend was amazing. First week was amazing. But now we have to keep that consistency, and we have to see those teams continue to progress and develop other squads into, into what it's going to be this season. Um, but the reason it is it is not wide open is because a lot of the teams are figuring themselves out, and we haven't shown our best. Um, the be A lot of the teams haven't shown um, – Shown at their best, at their highest, best or highest level, and I think we'll we'll see that in the coming weeks. But but it, it, I think it's going to be work in progress, and ultimately. But I think uh, I think this week is great to build on and see how these teams evolve as as time goes on. Um, all right, so I got to go to boxing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, so this uh, will be the end of the episode. I'm also gonna do a German one, and then I'll do Champions League. We'll see if they, if I combine the two or, or how I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll do another episode tonight after I, co after, um, after I come home um, uh, from, from the baseball game and going to. Um, uh, but for now, see you later.